Welcome to Inside Stories. I'm Jen, and this is the first episode we are putting together since we all started social distancing and isolating at home. I'm recording this intro from inside my home, and Tequila will record the outro from her home. It's been a tough few weeks, and there's no clear end in sight as of this recording. Today is March 28th. I hope that everyone is maintaining their health and finding ways to keep your spirits up. I know this is this has been a bit of a struggle for me. Um, since one of our goals with this podcast is to explore Madison one story at a time, Tequila and I thought we would use our podcast to share stories about living in this moment of COVID-19. We put out a call to the storytellers we've already featured on our podcast, and uh, Brendan Pankey, Linda Hedemlad, and Marisol Gonzalez were the first three to send us in a story, so that is who we will hear from today. And after we listen to those three short stories, um, Angela Trudell Vasquez, who is Madison's Poet Laureate, reads us one of her favorite poems. So that's a treat at the end of this. I just want to share one quick anecdote from my life over these past two weeks. Um, one thing I've been doing to give myself a slightly useful project is offering virtual storytelling workshops over Zoom. They've been fun, not as good as in person, but still fun. Uh, one nice part of these virtual workshops for me is that my family that lives on the East Coast have been able to join in for the workshops, which you know they can't do when I offer them here. So for the very first one I did, my, my dad joined it, which was sweet. But one thing I learned during this 90-minute workshop is that he averages uh, one phone call every 15 minutes and does not know how to use the mute function. So I, I had the fun of muting my dad um, on this public workshop. Anyhow, um, let, let me know at InsideStoriesPodcast at gmail.com if you want to join the next workshop. And let uh, Tequila and I know if you enjoy these stories about living in this time of COVID-19. And let us know if you want to submit a story. When we can go back to normal, we're going to return to only uh, showing, um, featuring stories that have been told live, because as you'll hear, there's just much more energy in a story when you tell a story in front of the audience. But for now, we're going to offer you what we can and hope you enjoy it and um, hope, hope you all keep healthy. Thanks for listening. I uh, very awkwardly asked my wife to marry me, and then we set the date for a year out, about a year out. So we were sure to have time to finish school and time to uh, get everything planned and set. And it turns out we'd also have plenty of time to have conversations with my family members about why we weren't getting married in the Catholic Church, why we were going to have it outside, and why we were going to have our friend officiate, our recently divorced friend officiate. We, we even had to convince him why he was going to do it for us, but we went out in the end. But we still had to have a lot of awkward conversations with my mom, which I was surprised about because we weren't consistent churchgoers, and also with my grandma, her mom. Um, I think that's maybe the most conversations I've ever had with my grandma in a short period of time. And it was painful. It was every event, every holiday. And I just got tired of talking to my grandma. She even 
learned how to email and she would email me. And at the end, she would say things like, well, and I'll pray for you too, if that's okay. <laughs> I was like, sure, grandma. Passive ag- aggressive prayer is fine by me. <laughs> it's the only kind, really, I think. The only kind. So I found out later, though, that maybe this all wasn't my grandma. See, I didn't talk to my grandpa about it because he was very difficult to talk to at that time because he had Parkinson's disease. He was dying of it, and he couldn't really talk very loudly at all. And so I think my grandma was kind of like getting his message out to the world. And she felt this obligation to get that out there and take care of him however she could because it was getting hard. He was falling down a lot, and she couldn't pick him up. And then uh, about a week before the wedding, I guess, my grandpa said he wasn't going to go because it wasn't right the way we were getting married. And my grandma said, Howard, you ass. Of course you're going to go. <laughs> and uh, and then my grandpa died. And my grandma didn't have to take care of him anymore. And I got to know my grandma all over again. And I got to have a lot of fun with my grandma. And I'm really glad I got to have that time with her and get to know her again. And I think she got to know herself again. Her life was very different. And now she's 96 and she's in hospice. And all she wants to do all day is drink chocolate wine and watch the Hallmark Channel. I don't know what chocolate wine is. But I'm pretty sure it's the wine equivalent of the Hallmark Channel. And I got to see her a couple weeks ago. And we talked with her a little bit. My son played her the violin. And she just was cute and snuggled down in her blankets, where she is most of the time. She doesn't really get out of bed. She has to get lifted up by two people. But that's okay. She's 96. She gets to pick how she spends her time. She is an adult at this point. I'm pretty sure once you're 96, you're an adult. But now her nursing home is on lockdown. And even though she's in hospice, she's not sick enough for us to visit her. So no one can visit her. My mom and her sisters and her brothers had been visiting her pretty much every day. Somebody had been hanging out with her. And now she's just lonely, I think. I don't know. No one can talk to her. There's no way to connect to her. So I'm glad I got the time to know my grandma when I did, and I hope I'll see her again. Empty Nest I miss the bubble of complacency. That warm, soft place where the musings of motherhood can comfortably drift. The past few years I'd often find myself musing over our son in the inevitable empty nest. Would I feel as hollow as his vacant room? Would my memories of him as a child leave with his TV and Xbox? Or would I revel in not having to deal with the often argumentative and annoying all-knowing attitude of a 19-year-old? I'd vacillate between a deep sense of pending loss and cheerful thoughts of redesigning his room and redesigning my life. 
When our son moved out abruptly last week, it was not at all like I'd imagined. Musings have recently been replaced by obsessions. Obsessions over toilet paper, Purell, and COVID-19. Our son works in a small market that has been, like all other grocery stores, inundated with customers panic buying. The store, already small and crowded with merchandise, is made even smaller as hundreds of people empty the shelves. Our son comes in contact with hundreds of people a day. No room for social distancing, no face protection, no gloves. Working on an unlikely front line of pandemic, the neighborhood grocery store. To him, the math is simple. He's young and healthy, and people need food. He believes it's his civic duty. He puts in long hours helping nervous customers, stocking shelves and trying to ensure no one sneezes on the spinach. He's very likely to become infected. My husband and I are in our late 50s. Both of us have pre-existing conditions that put us at higher risk for complications from COVID-19. Within a moment, our lives became hyper-focused. Our son had to leave his job or move out. Now! We did not have the luxury of second thoughts or the luxury of time. That bubble had burst. Our family as we knew it was fractured. No hugs goodbye, no discussion. As he walked out of the house with his boxes, we followed with disinfecting wipes. So here we are. The nest is empty. In all of my complacent musings, I could have never imagined this. Now we talk on the phone, text, laugh, cry. A few times we've spoken outside, six feet and a world apart. I'm proud of my son, and I'm frightened. I'm frightened for him, for us. For you, I can't wait until I can hug him again. When I hear the news of the coronavirus, I thought it might be related to the Corona Mexican beer, to be honest. Since a couple years ago, there was videos and information floating around about the contamination of the 7-Up soda pop that was killing people. Anyway, when I put attention and understand what was really going on, my first thought was, what a great opportunity! And I made a list of all of the things I wanted to do this quarantine. For example, read, write, watch the movies that I always wanted to watch, take naps, cook new recipes, take baths with a glass of wine, do Zumba, yoga, meditation, paint, crafts, Learn how to saw in the sewing machine and many more ideas. I was very excited to start this quarantine, but I forgot one very important detail. The whole family will be in quarantine too. That means goodbye to my list of things and expectations because the kids will demand my attention 24 hours a day. 
plus the explosions of emails from teachers, principals, school district, co-workers, clients, friends, and the latest news. That was too much. Everywhere I looked, there was something about the coronavirus. I felt so much anxiety and pain in my neck. But I tried to be positive, and I got a new idea. This was something I wished to do for a long time. My big opportunity to homeschool my kids. So I made a list of the expectations of how our homeschooling would look like. Although the reality was very different of what I expected. The first day, the cable of my laptop was lost. So the kids fight to share my husband's laptop. I put my house upside down to find the stupid cable. And after half of the day looking, I did found it. But the laptop wasn't working. The kids did very little schoolwork that day. The second day, the Google Classroom of my son wasn't working. And I spent half of the day sending emails to his teacher. So we end up just reading some books. The following day, it seems like all of the technology was working for my kids. But definitely, this wasn't the kind of homeschooling I was expecting. Looking at my kids immersed in the screens doing school work make me sick. Right when my daughter started calling me, Maestra Marisol, I say, forget about this way of homeschooling and let's do it my way. And please, just call me mom. So we start our math class by making empanadas. After that, let's learn science and nature. We went outside in our bikes while it was raining and splashing some puddles. Then social studies. Geography and history. Let's do a tea party with all of the stuffed animals and talk about kings and queens, castles and royalty. Where do they live? How do they get their wealth? It was fair. What about gym class? Well, we went for walks and my daughter figured out how to use the metal bar from the shower to hang in like a monkey. I feel very proud and tired. Thank goodness, this week is a spring break, and since the Mexican Corona beer has no, nothing to do with the coronavirus, I'm planning to enjoy some of them with lime and salt. This is from my collection, In Light Always Light. This is the last poem, Fragments in Time, which feels prophetic now. Fragments in Time. Moonlight radiates down. Children do not mourn. Parents buy new shoes. Rabbits copulate in grass, leap over each other and dash. Cracking open a woman, a child bursts itself. Bodies arc over steering wheel. Fog condenses glass. We find each other. A voice in my head says, he is the one. After the fall, people see they are not who they thought. Fortify hope in a wooden barrel. Send her over water to live in her grandparents' stable. Wait out the peril. 
Dust storms, train tracks pounding down her back, nails piercing flesh, hand rotting still attached, shoulder length hair, khaki crescendo, camel jacket wind sails, ghost bodies hang around invisible ankles, gray cement. He follows me, shouts from corners, beware, beware. Grandson places hand in sandpaper fold, parachutes to shoulders, peers down fields, where white herons alight, flocks migrate, nest at feet of skyscrapers, exhaust fumes, birch oasis. Moonbeams flood evening, babies born with wings flee fire steeples, plant pine forest temples, along the shores of ancient rivers start over. What was our first language? Poets resist death of a people. Fingertips bless pen, paper. Full moon halo crowns campus. New humans born, two hearts beating, sound. Thank you for listening to Inside Stories. I'm Tequila, and this is the outro recorded from my house. And this is the first of a couple or maybe a few coronavirus slash COVID-19 episodes that we will be recording um, in this time of social distancing. Not sure yet. We'll see. Stay tuned. I would like to give a special thanks to the Poet Laureate, Angela, for sharing that beautiful poem with us. Thank you. And also thank you to the storytellers, Linda, Brendan, and Marisol, for sharing those stories about family and love and connection and the unexpected and how we're all still living life and finding our way during this time of social distancing. Over here in my neck of the woods, I am home with both my 12-year-old and 21-year-old. So, um, the, uh... Coronavirus! Coronavirus! Yeah, I want to play that every time I have to say coronavirus, y'all, but I won't. I'll spare you. But it's hilarious. It's Cardi B. If you have time, look it up. It's hilarious. So, during this little coronavirus time period, we are here. Obviously, there's no school in Madison. So homeschooling is underway. Um, been awesome to have my daughter here. She's been bringing newspapers home for my son to read out loud. She's a journalism student, so I would expect nothing less. Um, she watched a documentary with him last night on black images and media throughout history. That was super, super interesting. Um, he's been doing a lot of craft projects with me and um, schoolwork. Homeschooling isn't as difficult or stressful as I thought. I'm going to say yet. Uh, a lot of Google, a lot of YouTube. Parents on Facebook have been sharing a ton of resources for us to use. And I'll be happy to share those with you guys if you would like. So feel free to email me. Um, home ec, which is just AKA mom saying cleanup time. Um, budgeting. We've been playing um, kind of like World War Z kind of things when we go to Walmart. So it's kind of been like a little ration uh, excursion. So kind of got to make it fun while we can, right? Um, on a personal note, and I can't believe I'm going to share this, but a couple weeks before the um, coronavirus thing hit the fan, I um, quit my corporate job. Yeah. 
I did that. And I'm saying it like publicly. Yeah. Obviously had a different plan that probably um, is going to need to be recalibrated a couple of times um, with recent events. So side note, I will love referrals and I got resumes on deck. Who knows what our new normal is going to be after this. So just putting it out there. But that came on the heels. The decision came on the heels. So just needed to recalibrate, um, focus on my health, um, focus more on writing and absolutely focus on being a mommy. As a single parent, I've never had the opportunity to be home with my kids. Um, and especially with my son, um, it, 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 it needed to happen on multiple levels and I'm very excited I got to stay home with him. One of the cool things I've discovered being home with him, and if you know me and you know him, um, he does not like reading, especially out loud. Um, however, if I have him go in a different room and kind of yell to me and read from another room, he has to yell, obviously, so he is more um, excited and he has more expression. He even does voices for different characters now. So it's been a super cool discovery just to kind of help him find his way without the pressure of the teacher and students and kind of let him explore um, his education kind of a little bit on his own time. Um, yeah, that's been kind of cool to see. Other fun stuff, nightly Nerf Wars. I have Nerf bullets all over the house. Um, we've been going on walks. I've noticed my neighbors are pretty friendly now, which is strange because they wave and say hi from a distance where they didn't really, even if they walked next to you. So I'm hoping that continues after the social distancing. Um, and I'm also hoping that we all, you know, take this time and try to be more connected. One of the things that I've discovered during this time is just the connection is super vital, not only connection to others, but connection to ourselves. So self-care, um, I'm realizing more than I even knew before is so, so vital. So taking care of your mind, body and spirit and just reconnecting with self, um, things you love about yourself, things that you want to do more than just binge Netflix. Um, also reconnecting with others. I'm slowly starting to do that. Reach out to old friends and family and just reconnect to say, hey, how you doing? Love you, miss you. I mean, everybody for the most part is home. So not a bad time to do that. Oh, home. Also, since you guys are home, it would be a great, great time to stop watching Netflix for a little bit and go listen to some old episodes of Inside Stories, right? You can subscribe, share. Um, that would be awesome, right? Who doesn't love a good story? I want to give a special thanks to both Jen and Richard for their work on the podcast from their little corners in Madison safely in their homes. Hey, y'all. Miss you. Um, also, if you have stories to share about the social distancing period, or if you have any other ideas for us, feel free to email us at insidestories at gmail.com. Jen loves email, so don't forget to do that. Um, hopefully everyone stays safe and healthy, um, love on your family and friends while you can, um, and stay tuned as we brainstorm more ways to explore Madison one story at a time from the comforts of our home, I guess. All right. See you next time. Thanks. 